0: on SAFM. Moving right along, and for a brief four minutes, COVID nineteen a disruptive agent for BRICS. Professor Spamandla Zondi, thank you so much for joining the line, sir. We appreciate your time. What conversations are taking place at BRICS that the country so far has not yet heard? Good evening. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you very much, Samuel, and thanks to the good evening to the listeners. Uh, the BRICS uh, first are all affected uh, quite badly. By the, the pandemic, uh, of course, the, its first epicenter was in China, and its current episode, ep- epicenter is in Brazil, and both are members of the of, 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 of the BRIC. Mm-hmm. And South Africa is the epicenter for Africa; that's a third member of BRIC. Of course, the situation isn't good in 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 India, and uh, and um, Russia was a later one. So they've all had to. Um, uh, exchange information, uh, discussions about ways of mitigating this uh, virus. Secondly, uh, the importance of cooperation in mitigating this, because not not a single country has all the answers, but do need to cooperate with others. Thirdly, is cooperating in, um, uh, in in putting together a vaccine that can be used as a sort of permanent solution. Uh, to, to this problem. And lastly, is strengthening institutions, global institutions that are important, almost responding to Trump's attack mm-hmm. on the World Health Organization. But then uh, they come back and say it is critical, it's an important organization, it is useful to help both the weak and the strong have some form of, of level uh, response Actually, this a
0: terrible epidemic. I've got just on a minute before we take the 21 hours news break, but I'm going to ask this question anyway. Trump, the Chinese virus, the Kung Fu virus, what is Brinks in itself engaging in terms of after Trump, because it's quite likely he might not return, after COVID-19, the relations between the global north versus the global south or the global west versus the global east?
1: Well, Trump is whipping up emotions. He has November the the 3rd elections in his mind. He's really not talking to all of us. He's talking to that constituency that wants to hear that the problem is not at home. The problem is outside. The enemy is somewhere out there. So that he can project himself as the best uh, possible leader in fighting that battle. He will have to come back after election and now can try to normalize the relationship <laughs> uh, with China especially.
0: But it's been so antagonistic for the best part of the three and a half years that he has been in power. Is it possible for America to gain some form of global respect again, the kind that we had in the times of Obama and before? 30 seconds?
1: I think it is. It is. It would depend on who takes over after Trump. Uh, but that is after five years from now, because mm. Trump is very likely... Come back in November, so we'll have to wait another five years for somebody else to emerge. Uh, but they would have found a eight years eight year period of um, of destruction.
0: We continue after the break, Professor Zondi. Please stay on the line with us. We're going to have to go to the news right now. COVID nineteen a disruptive agent for BRICS? More questions, calls. Your thoughts on that, Professor Pamanda Zondi, is available in about five minutes from now. Please stay tuned. It's news. <laughs> on, baby, on the viewpoint COVID-19 a disruptive agent for BRICS we are in conversation with Professor Spaman Zondi, Professor in the Department of Political Sciences at Takis he's also the chair of the South African BRICS Think Tank Council Temba in Rustenburg I'm sorry to say this. I know that there is no one in the media who seems to entertain anything that Trump says about China in relation to the coronavirus. But I am personally behind Trump because I am convinced that there is something that China is hiding about the origin of COVID-19. But one day the truth will come out. Is there any strength? that one might rely on in saying this is something which is sinister more than it is just a health issue coming out from China. Could this and I'm gonna ask very frankly, could this (coughs) be a manufactured virus?
1: Oh it is possible. It is possible that it's a virus that escaped from
0: Prof. Are you there? Ah man well It is possible. Well, that theory seems to be getting traction. Where? I'm not too sure. But it's not the first time I've heard it. I'm not not appreciative of the thoughts behind Temba in Rustenberg's thoughts. Well, he is back on the line. Professor Pomandazondi, your response to my question was, well, it is possible. Carry on. It is
1: is possible. It is possible. The virus might have escaped uh, from a a laboratory where they were working on. And it is the, the, the speculation that it escaped from a Wuhan lab. Uh, but it is also possible that it was a, a manufactured virus. But coronaviruses have existed now for over 10 years. So it would not have been created new. They've always been coronavirus. But the possibility of escape is, is there. But, but what we do know, though, is that the virus broke out in an area where viruses, uh, in, con- in conditions that viruses tend to explode, in, mm-hmm. uh, which is an open um, live meat market of a huge nature, um, catering for the poor in uh, poor in uh, in in Wuhan, and a, a mixture of all that and live animals also found there together with open butcheries and stuff. It's such an environment that would would trigger a virus of this nature to do because the studies had already shown as way back as 2009 that there is a threat of, of coronaviruses emerging in conditions of that are similar. Mm. This one happened to the uh, up of death. But we know that the World Health Organization is investigating the origin of this. It might uh, arrive at some... Uh, determination about how it gets. Right now, the main concern is not where how it arose um, unless if that helps us to manage it better. But the main, the main question now is how to manage it most effectively and how to manage different strains of this virus most, effi- most efficiently uh, because we now know that there are different strains. I mean, right, uh, uh, just last week, uh, China was hit by a new strain of this virus which broke out in another city, the main city, Beijing. But it's a different strain from the one that broke out, bro- broke out in Wuhan. We also know that the, the one that hit Italy bad was also a slightly different strain. It seems to evolve, it seems to have a life of its own. Mm-hmm. But the important to them, we now know, the most effective ones are the ones that uh, assisted. Two very successful countries, very successful in this case, besides China. China was very successful to manage it. But there are two other cases Vietnam and
0: Taiwan. And New Zealand. They were
1: very successful in managing it to zero. Zero infection to zero deaths uh, to this day.
0: Let's talk about the fact that in 2015, President Obama established, um, as part of the Security Council, National Security Council Pandemic Unit, 2015. And in the establishment of that unit, he speaks about the fact that this could potentially be an outbreak of global proportion in five years' time. 2015, five years' time, 2020, well, here we are. Donald Trump, of course, has disbanded that unit. How much of this... would lend itself to the conspiracy theory that this was always going to happen. This is something which is manufactured. And let's talk about in your response to the global security challenge. Ultimately, this proposes to China, a permanent member of the Security Council, the same thing with um, Russia. Brazil and South Africa have had their opportunities on the Security Council. When we talk about global geopolitical issues, security issues in particular, what does this point that I've just raised create as a discussion point within BRICS?
1: Yeah, we'll so take up, the, you take up the, the first one. It has the two observations to make there. Is that Anna Obama, um, because of discussions that were taking place at a G8 and then later at a G20, where the world was convincing, uh, the leaders were convincing each other about a possibility of another virus emerging. Because you remember, they were not picking pe- out of the vacuum. There had already been H1N1 virus that had hit, hit, hit the world. at that time, and there had been avian flu before that. So there had been a number of um, flu-like diseases that had hit the world in a a matter of decades. That was very unusual. There are flu-like epidemics that take place over a long period of time, but the, the, the sequence of them this time suggested to them that it might signal a bigger one breaking out uh, very soon, so they could easily be anticipate that because science can anticipate that on the basis of those incidents. But it, the, the thing about it was that they were getting the world prepared, and it was not just the, the US. When the US was doing that, all the other eight, uh, seven members of the G8 were doing the same. BRICS took a a, a a very specific strategy in two, 2015 itself. 2015 uh, to work out responses to coronaviruses, that's exactly what they wanted to do in 2015, five years before it breaks out. So the world expected this thing to happen. But was the world prepared for this to happen? I would say no. But the world knew this might happen five years ago.
0: Mm. But
1: the world was not fully prepared for it when it happened. And that is a question of global leadership. It was a question of leadership, even at national level. Because even Obama set up the thing they set up, but, you know, there's not a the full uh, capability to respond quickly to the thing. Because they were thinking it might happen, but it's very unlikely to happen the way it has happened.
0: Sure. Final question. Everything that has since happened, it has given... BRICS an opportunity to establish a greater traction, a greater piece of the geopolitical pie, if you will. It strengthens China's position in the Security Council as it would embolden Putin with a, Vladimir Putin with a couple of other things. And imaginably then, with over two-thirds of the world's population between the BRICS membership, it gives us a greater stake at all these multilateral platforms. Surely. Yeah, it is.
1: You are well, very correct. But before... The virus, the Western bloc, the Western bloc was weakening. And it critical in the Western bloc is the U.S., is Britain, uh, it, is, it is France. The Western bloc was was, was, was disintegrating. The G7 was a, was a, a figment of, it, of its former self. Uh, it was riddled with divisions internally, triggered by Trump. NATO was almost brought to its knees, again by Trump. So the unity of that Western bloc had been weakened severely, giving an opportunity for the alternative powers to take on more responsibility and, and, and blame uh, role. And then this COVID-19 is further weakened the worst. China has weakened everybody, but it really has weakened the worst and presented an opportunity, uh, especially to China to take a lead because it has recovered among the big powers. It is China that has recovered, fully recovered from this thing, and it's now supplying the world with all manner of equipment. It is making a lot of money out of this. Wasn't that the end game? Was that not the
0: end game from the very beginning? That's my final question. Ten seconds. Your response. Was that never part of the greater deal? Let's create something. Let's know. make real money we out of this.
1: We will never know. Biological warfare <laughs> is a very key part of the game of the political game between the U.S. and and China. It's possible that China. They did this knowing how they would manage it so that they would recover earlier while others are in the door You have answered me. That the US, the U.S. started this thinking it would bring the China, China into its knees. But because China is so organized, he was able to manage it. Now the U.S. is settled with it. It's either or either, oh, it's possible. Biological warfare is a real problem.
0: I'll come knocking at your door in your office over coffee where we can engage in some of these many conspiracies. For now, I have to let you go. Thank you so much for your time, Professor Zohar. You're welcome. Professor in the Department You're of welcome. Political Sciences at Tucky's in Pretoria. He's also the Chair of African Bricks. Think Tank Council. Well, those were his thoughts. Immediately after this, Mr. Neil Kingsley, CEO of Medici Africa, the telehealth app. Please stay tuned. It's Health on Monday.